So, just before we kick off again, I have a, a little story. Don't be alarmed. Normally I have about six or eight of these. Today I only have one. And the story is found in Second Samuel, so the second book of Samuel and chapter 6. And it's a fascinating story. And it's to do with the bringing back of the Ark of the Covenant. And David heard this, King David heard this that the ark had been at the house of a na- uh, man by the name of Obed-Edom. And uh, although bad things had happened previously when the ark was with the Philistines, once it got to his house, and for three months, uh, he kind of honoured the presence of the Lord. And it says that his house was blessed because of that. And David thought, okay, it's all right. And David decides he will bring back the Ark of the Covenant to his city. It would be the center of, of, the, of the kingdom and, and worship of God would be the center. So David decides he's going to bring it back and he does it really carefully and with great uh, enthusiasm and joy. What he does, every six steps, he would kill a bull and a fattened calf, and there's, there's music, and there was dancing. In fact, he was, he was getting so hot, he started um, disrobing, it says. Got down to his little clothes, and it said the, um, the, the house of Israel participated in it. All of them. Well, but not one. There was his wife, Michal, and she saw from up in his window, David. Dancing before the Lord, worshipping before the Lord as they're bringing back the Ark of the Covenant. And, uh, and she watched. The thing about watching worship, it's pretty hard to, uh, to watch worship. Uh, just watch it without being either hot or cold. It's, it's pretty hard to be a neutral observer with worship. In effect, with Mikhail, she went cold. And it says that she despised David in her heart. So David does that, gives out gifts to the people, was on a buzz, comes back home, and uh, meets his wife, Mikhail. And Mikhail says this, says, you look like an egg out there today. And David says, what? And she says, you look like an egg, dancing, half-dressed, in front of the common girls. Look like an egg. And David says, you know what? I actually didn't do it for your eyes. I didn't do it for your eyes. And I didn't do it for their eyes. I didn't do it for their eyes. I did it for his eyes. That's who I worshipped before today. There's a great writer, Philip Yancey. <clears throat> He's an author, uh, many books. Before that, he was a journalist. And uh, he said he used to think about worship in a different way before he had this revelation. He used to go into churches and he would go in as an observer of other people's worship. He thought it was for him to observe, him to watch. And he was the audience of worship. 
And then he had this revelation that actually that was wrong. That God was the audience of his worship. He said that changed everything. God is the audience of our worship. In the text said of Michal, the wife of David, she was barren for the rest of her life. You know, the start of the story, Obed-Edom said his house was blessed as he honored the Lord. And Michal, she was barren as she despised the worship of David in her heart. And um, as we as we have worship today, I want us to, to choose. Choose to please, not your neighbor's eyes, not that person in front of you or behind you's eyes. Pre- please the eyes of the Lord is for his eyes. And you can enter in whatever way you want. You can stay where you are. You can stand up, you can lie down, you can kneel down, whatever way you want to worship today, because it's not for our eyes, it's for his eyes today. Amen. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, some of you might, might know me, some may not. My name is uh, Sam Horsfall, and uh, I'm married, and it's my wife, Debbie, over there. <laughs> we have uh, three children and the six grandchildren, and I, um, I accepted Jesus Christ uh, in 1980, so it's about, um, as my Saviour and Lord, that's about uh, 38 years ago, that was, it's a while, <laughs> but life has gone so quick. Um, I'd just like to um, open with, with a prayer, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, that your word brings light and understanding, Lord, uh, to the simple, to us, Father. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. And we commit ourselves into your hands and pray that you will open the eyes of our understanding, help us to uh, understand more of your great love for us. In Jesus' name. Um, uh, the Bible tells us that through Adam, through one man Adam, sin entered the human race and death through sin. We, uh, sadly, are born to die because of this. This table, the table over there before us, the communion table, is a reminder, a witness that Jesus Christ, God's Son, came into the world to save sinners of course, of which I am, and willingly laid down his life so that through his death and the shedding of his innocent blood, we can find forgiveness for sin, eternal life, and a restored fellowship back with our Heavenly Father. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says, And without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. And in Leviticus 17, it says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to atone for your souls, for it is the blood which makes atonement for the soul. In the Old Testament, the very first uh, sacrifices mentioned is that of Cain and Abel. 
came with a tiller of the ground and offered to God the fruit of the earth, the fruit of his labors. Abel, his brother, offered by faith the first lamb of the flock, the blood and the choicest parts of the lamb. God accepted Abel's sacrifice and rejected Cain's. In Hebrews 11 it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. God was revealing a plan, his plan. And then when he took, and then when we look at Abraham, who in reverential fear and obedience to God's command was about to slay his son Isaac upon the altar on Mount Moriah, the angel of the Lord stopped Abraham and told him, God has provided a sacrifice. And caught in the thickets by its horns was a ram. God was revealing his plan. And then the children of Israel, before leaving Egypt, a land of bondage and slavery, each household was commanded to take a lamb without spot or blemish, slay it and sprinkle its blood upon the doorposts and the lintel of their houses, according to the word of the Lord, so that when the angel of death passed over, he saw the blood and passed over their homes, killing the firstborn of man and beast throughout the land of Egypt who did not have the blood, so that Pharaoh could finally let the children of Israel leave Egypt. God was revealing his plan. Paul tells us in Hebrews chapter 4 that it was not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. They were a shadow that pointed to the reality which was to come. The sacrifice of animals, when offered by faith, covered sin until the true Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, came and offered his sinless blood upon the altar of sacrifice to remove sin forever. In the Gospel of John, John the Baptist, uh, when he saw Jesus coming toward him, said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. God reveals his plan. These Old Testament examples, which I have briefly touched on, reveal three things. God accepts, God provides, and God delivers. God accepts us if we by faith believe on his Son, the Lord Jesus, the true Lamb of God who was sacrificed for us. God has provided for us a scapegoat the Lord Jesus, a sacrificial lamb to bear the pain, punishment, and death that we deserve. God delivers us from death, bondage, and slavery to sin through the power of, the, of God's lamb, Jesus Christ. And uh, just now uh, in closing, I'd just like to read a portion of scripture, and it's taken from um, Isaiah. Uh, and Isaiah was written 740 years before Jesus was born. Uh, and here, the prophet Isaiah has, has written in Isaiah 53. I think a lot of us are familiar with it. But he endured the sufferings that have, should have been ours, the pain we should have borne. All the while we thought that this suffering was punishment sent by God. But because of our sins he was wounded. 
beaten because of the evil we did. We are healed by the punishment he suffered and made whole by the blows he received. All of us were like sheep that were lost, each of us going his own way. But the Lord made the punishment fall on him, the punishment all of us deserved. He was treated harshly, but endured it humbly. He never said a word like a lamb about to be slaughtered, like a sheep about to be sheared. He never said a word. He was arrested and sentenced and led off to die, and no one cared about his fate. He was put to death for the sins of our people. He was placed in a grave with those who are evil. He was buried with the rich, even though he had never committed a crime or ever told a lie. The Lord says, It was my will that he should suffer. His death was a sacrifice to bring forgiveness. And so he will see his descendants. He will live a long life. And through him, my purpose will succeed. After a life of suffering, he will again have joy. He will know that he did not punish, he did not, with whom I am well pleased, will bear the punishment of many, and for his sake I will forgive them. And so I will give him a place of honor, a place among the great and wonderful. He willingly gave his life and shared the fate of evil men. He took the place of many sinners and prayed that they might be forgiven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, and I just want to share, share this morning as, as we were in worship, um, I believe that this the Lord laid on my heart that there is no, no sin too deep or, or too ghastly that the blood of Jesus cannot cleanse. No matter who we are, maybe we're thinking that there's something in our lives that we could never be forgiven for or, or, or that, that God could never forgive us for. But I want to tell you that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, I, uh, I, I battled that. The enemy attacked my mind uh, years ago when I was a young Christian. Um, I'd fallen a bit and I, I, I believed God couldn't uh, forgive me uh, because he had trusted me. And then I, I felt that I had uh, let him down. And um, But then when I read that scripture, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I had to confess my sin and, and accept that he's faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Uh, God bless you all. And uh, could I just get someone to uh, pray for the um, emblems? <laughs> yeah, Father, we thank you that there is power in the blood. There is power in the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your body broken for us that we can, we can take and have life now, life in all its fullness. So we ask your blessing on these emblems in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Empower these emblems, Lord God, that will go out from this place changed. We take of it and we believe in you and in your mighty, wonderful love and power over us today. In Jesus' name. Amen.